these guys, Naomi Guy and Joel Guy. This is a podcast where we discuss love, dating, sex, and relationships. And Joel, I finally did get to the full intro. I'm so impressed. You know, we've recorded recently our year anniversary episode. This is the first one since then. No, and it's I feel our Naomi's second one. Really stepped up the professionality <laughs> since then. Uh, I feel we're on another plane. I think this is what the advertisers and the sponsors are looking for. And we will probably join a successful podcast network like the Maximum Fun family just because of this. You demand and I do it. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, Naomi, we are meeting here today to wrap up Steve Harvey's Act Like a Lady, Think Like a Man. This is planned to be a Patreon exclusive at first, though we will probably release it to the public at some point in the future. Um, do you have any comments before we get back into what was a horrendous book to discuss for parts one and two? And unfortunately, we have not yet run out of commentary on it for um, part three. Steve Harvey's a weird dude. That's all I really have to say. Um, since we have... Um like started talking about Steve Harvey I've gotten because like this has been in the works for a while Joel's very she's he's very passionate about Steve Harvey as a subject I just keep getting stuff up on my um like uh TikTok and my Instagram and stuff all about Steve Harvey and so um that's really traumatizing for me I've only learned something new about Steve Harvey just one thing since we last recorded okay like a month and a half and that is Steve Harvey had a comedy special in the early 2000s where he described in vivid detail about how he could go win the Iraq war because he was constantly terrified of everything around him. So he's like, I just go over and a lady approaches me with like a blanket over her. And she'd be like, hello. And I'd be like, just mow her down. And a baby would approach me and say something like, Allahu Lakbar. And I'd be like, do, 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 just murder that baby. That baby knows what it's getting into approaching me in a war zone. Uh, I'll edit in the actual clip. It it's sounds pretty like, incredible. It sounds like those people right when the when the Russians were invading Ukraine, they were like, I you send me over to the Ukraine with a, a one single mint jewel pod, a Red Bull, and a hair tie, and I'd win the war in a week or something like that. And it's like... I'm sorry, what? Hey, man, I tell all the troops the same thing. Because I support the troops a thousand percent. I tell everybody I meet over there. I tell them one thing. Do whatever you got to do to come back home. To hell with the Geneva Convention. To hell with all them hostage laws. POW can't do whatever you got to do to come back home. Because I'm telling you right now, if you get me off the plane on Tuesday, you're going to have me back on the plane by Friday. Because I'm shooting everybody soon as I see your ass. If you ain't got an American uniform on, your ass in trouble. Because, damn it, I don't know who you is walking up on me, blowing me up. Oh, no, you ain't. Soon as I get off the plane, I'm opening fire. Cow, 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 oh, shit, cow, cow, pow, what you looking at, pop, pop, you looking, I saw you looking, don't come up to me talking about I'm an Iranian soldier, pow, 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 no, I don't give a damn, don't walk up on me with none of them robes on, they be wearing that little tile on your head, I don't give a damn, cow, 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 cow. backpack, thought he had a bomb, pow, 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 I'm sorry, man, I, I thought he had a, all them women over there shooting women too. Don't make me no damn different. Had a little mask on, talking about, I thought she said, look out. I, I'm sorry. I thought she said, look out. Look out. I thought she babies, I don't give a damn. I'm sorry. Don't walk up on me. I'm touchy. I'm very touchy. Don't be pulling on my uniform. Mr. Mr. Papow! Oh, God. I done shot the baby. Lord, her father. Lord, forgive. Oh, Steve shot the baby. Send me home. Yeah, I, I feel, I don't think this is unique to Steve Harvey. I think there were a lot of people who um, gave in to their worst instincts and said some deeply offensive xenophobic things and probably to some extent might still harbor those in their hearts during the mid 2000s, early mid 2000s about the Afghanistan and Iraq war. Yeah. I don't know. It's uh, one of those things where 
people talk about comedians getting canceled and it's like, yeah, there was a lot of content back in the day that makes us scratch our heads about what was deemed acceptable and what wasn't. Um, but Naomi, I want to jump back into Steve Harvey's incredible book. And I want to start in a very important section. And this section is a sports fish versus a keeper. We've talked about how women. I'm should already act. cringing. <laughs> We've talked about how women should treat themselves with respect. So let's yeah. talk about what it means to be a sports fish. Okay. So a sports fish, she doesn't have any rules, requirements, respect for herself, or guidelines, and men can pick up her scent a mile away. This is already a great analogy. That's exactly what fish are like. You know, fish have no guidelines. Fish have no requirements. Fish just men can smell fish from a mile away. Fish just fish. That's what they don't tell you about expert fishermen, right? It's not all in like the wrist. It's not in the quality of the rod. It's smelling where the fish is in the water. Oh, you okay. Need to, like yeah, get yeah. your uh, your hook over there. That's what Dad always said when he went fishing. Yeah, yeah. You know our dad, expert uh-huh. fisher. <laughs> expert fisher. She's the party girl who takes a sip of her Long Island iced tea or a shot of her Patron and then announces to her suitor that she just wants to date and see how it goes. She's a conservatively dressed woman at the office who's a master at networking, but clueless about how to approach men. She has no plans for any ongoing relationships, is not expecting anything in particular from a man, and sets absolutely not nary one condition or restriction on anyone standing before her. She makes it very clear she's just along for whatever is getting ready to happen. For sure, as soon as she lets a man know through words and actions that he, she can, that he can treat her just like any old kind of way, he will do just that men will stand in line to sign up for that believe me uh excuse me is this the line for treating women like shit uh it is sir uh how long's the wait uh half an hour or so oh i got things to do but oh the opportunity is so tempting so that's great and says a lot about how steve harvey sees women and how he sees men but he goes on see Naomi, there's not just sports fish out in the ocean there's also keepers A keeper never gives in easily, and the standards requirements start the moment you open your mouth. See, she understands her power and wields it like a samurai sword. She commands, not demands respect, just by the way she carries herself. You can walk up to her and give her your best game, and while she may be impressed by what you say, that's no guarantee she's going to let the conversation go any further, much less give you her phone number and agree to give you some of her valuable time. Men automatically know from the moment she opens her mouth that if they want her, they'll have to get in line with her standards and requirements or keep it moving because she's done with the games and isn't interested in playing. But she will also send all the signals that she's capable of being loyal to a man and taking good care of him, appreciative of what he brings to a relationship, and ready for love. True, long-lasting love. Okay, so this makes me think of something that I've been, like, like trying to think through recently. So you know that myth where it's, like, the longer you... I guess I just answered my own question by calling it a myth, but (laughs) you know that that saying where it's like, okay, a woman needs to wait like 90 days or whatever, like 10 dates to like have a guy sleep with her. That's what Steve Harvey said last time. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I'm saying like people say that, like not just Steve Harvey. Oh, I didn't know that. That's something he came up with. Yeah, yeah. And so what, how, what is your perspective on that? Like, do you think that as a male, that is a good idea? Or do you think that just slut shaming women into, um, into men respecting them by keeping their yoni closed? I think there's a lot of men who are potentially compatible with a woman who might be turned off by the idea that she sets arbitrary restrictions on when she wants to sleep with people. Like, it's okay to have standards, but I think you're definitely going to be limiting your pool. And I don't think you're necessarily limiting your pool to the right kind of person, right? Like, somebody who's okay with waiting 90 days, they might be a stand-up guy, or they could just be deeply religious and have, like, specific ideas about how you should stay in the house and keep, you know, uh, be subservient to your husband and do all of that stuff. Like, I don't feel it's a good standard. And I think it's another way that Steve Harvey's, like, women shouldn't want to have sex with you. Even uh, though they're supposed to have sex with you, like what didn't he say, like nine times a week? <laughs> it, it was seven days in a week, but you should have sex nine times a week. Uh, it was an inordinate amount. Look, I don't understand a lot about fishing, but I feel he's also abusing this analogy because, like, to me, a sports fish is something that, like, you catch for sport. And by that, I mean, if you're in, like, a sport competition, you'd want a big fish, right? Yeah. You'd want a fish you can show off, you know, a certain size, a certain weight. Maybe it's just, like, throwing out the pole and practicing fishing. You know what? But then I wouldn't really call that a sport fish. If I were to catch a fish and show it off, I'd want it to have a big Long Island iced tea, too. (laughs) You're not wrong. So I think there's an undercurrent here where he's also saying that 
women who enforce standards get what they want and women who can't articulate exactly what they want get what they deserve, which has like a hint of victim blamingness to me where it's like, if you aren't a strong, forceful person, men won't respect you, which also ignores the fact men often don't respect women despite their personalities. I don't know. There, there seems to be a little bit of victim blaming mixed in there, and that just gets amplified as he continues. Newsflash. It's not the guy who determines whether you're a sports fisher or a keeper. It's you. Parentheses. Don't hate the player. Hate the game. When a man approaches you, you're the one with total control over the situation. Whether he can talk to you, buy you a drink, dance with you, get your number, take you home, see you again, all of that. We certainly want these things from you. That's why we talked to you in the first place. But it's you who decides if you're going to give us any of the things we want and how exactly we're going to get them. Where you stand in our eyes is dictated by your control over the situation. Every word you say, every move you make, every signal you give to a man will help him determine whether he should try to play you, be straight with you, or move on to the next woman, do a little more sport fishing. So... Again, this is putting all the onus on the woman and not being like, hey, men, maybe it's gross when you do this. Maybe you should, like, actively engage with them. Maybe you should, like, care about what they have to say. Maybe you should, like, explore their personality and not try, like, weird pickup artist things. Uh, but no, Steve Harvey's like, this is just the way things are, and you need to understand can, that. Live with can you hate the player and the game? Oh, that's interesting. Or does that just make you a lesbian? <laughs> <laughs> yes, all lesbians hate men. This is true. <laughs> Um, so Naomi. Yes? Let's talk about the differences between a, a keeper and a throwback. Okay. Because a throwback is a sports fish, I guess. A woman who commands respect is a keeper. <clears throat> a woman who lets men get away with disrespecting her, throwback. A woman who's dressed appropriately, has her goodies reasonably covered, but is still sexy, is a keeper. A woman who's scantily clad and dripping sex is a throwback. I'm thinking of like... This definitely has like slut shaming aspects to it, but no, it also entire... makes me think of like all the people who are like, "What was she wearing?" When someone's like, "I was sexually assaulted," or you know, there's a story about like sexual assault, and in many cases, in like the vast majority of sexual assault, it's going to be someone you know, and the likelihood that you're just wearing like sweatpants and a t-shirt is going to be pretty damn high. Yeah, it does, and that's like an unfortunate reality. But he's like, women who dress sexily. They're kind of asking to be mistreated. And women who dress like conservatively, but like I'm still attracted to them, those are the people who I respect. And it's like, why can't you respect both, Steve Harvey? Why can't you be like women who want sex are also deserving? You of respect, respect only the woman that covers herself and acts hard to get, but you only have sex with the one that shows off her yoni. Her yoni. her yoni. I like that better than goodies. Thank you. A woman who won't let you feel all over her body while you're dancing is a keeper. A woman who drops it like it's hot and puts on a dance floor performance that would make a video vixen Kareen Stefan's blush is a throwback. Video vixen Kareen Stefan. How old is this man? I don't know. Is this a porn star? <laughs> I, I've never heard this name. I'm not trying to act ignorant. I'm assuming this is like a Playboy model or something. But again, he's showing his age. This is like when he's like talking about sending flirty emails. Okay, Kareen Stefans is an American author of the Vixen series of books. She talks about she was an exotic dancer briefly. She literally wrote a book called Confessions of the Video Vixen and the Vixen Manual, How to Find, Seduce, and Keep the Man You Want. She also published a essay called Drink, Fuck, Sleep. And then she published another book called Vindicated Confessions of a Video Vixen. So, like, it seems that she's someone who's like, hey, it's okay to have sex. And you can use the fact that you have sex to, like, leverage yourself over men. And I it's not a bad I love that thing. book name. Drink, fuck, sleep. Drink, fuck, sleep. Um, what a great weekend plan. <laughs> so, he's saying putting on a dance floor performance that would make video vixen Kareen Stefan's blush. So he's saying even a whore like her would blush by the way you act. Cool. Thanks. A woman who takes a man's number but doesn't give him her own is a keeper. A woman who hands out her homework and cell phone numbers and email and home addresses to a man who's done nothing more than buy her a drink and ask how he can reach her is a throwback. I'm sorry. You give out your phone, LinkedIn, work, MySpace, mobile, you give out your email address, your TikTok, home. TikTok, Instagram, Pinterest. What? Yeah. Why would you give that much personal information? Your deviant art account. I would feel so, I would feel 
like so just taken advantage of in that situation. That's like giving out your ATM card at this point. A woman who wants to be a victim of ATM fraud. Yes. Is a throwback. Yes. Okay, yeah, that's right. Sorry, Steve Harvey. You're right when you talk about financials. <laughs> I, I, we shouldn't have doubted you. A woman who can hold a respectful, respect, sorry, respectful, respectable conversation with a man and his mother as a keeper. A woman who shudders at the prospect of having to talk to the matriarch of a man's family is a throwback. Oh, there's so... Uh, we talked about this, I feel, in the last two episodes about Steve Harvey, but, like, he has this weird obsession with, like, matriarchs and men's relationship with their mothers, especially his own mom. Freud would have a heyday with this. Yeah. A woman who can adapt to any situation thrown at her. She can hold her own at a PTA meeting in the boardroom in a restaurant, a sporting event, is a keeper. A woman who can't put together a coherent sentence or make it clear she's no interest in doing so is a throwback. Uh, me, love, good, you, please... Ew. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, these are weird stamps. See, I feel he's almost making these up. It's like, what percentage of the population does not meet the requirements that he's talking about? I want to know how many people like offended him because of these per- like these details, and that's why he's like, oh, that woman that once didn't give me her all of her personal information is such a slut. Well, I'm almost wondering if he's, like, sharing his own personal experiences. Because remember, his ex-wife was, like, he was constantly cheating on me. And I can imagine him being in, like, a hotel room and there was, like, a Vietnamese maid who, like, speaks English as the second language. He's like, I don't respect this woman, but I want to have sex with her. Yeah, right? I can see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I don't want to read too much into it, but that no, feels... No, read into it. <laughs> oh, okay. This is a book that's meant to be read into. Yeah. Um, a woman who smiles and takes care of herself and is generally happier with her life as a keeper. A woman who doesn't take care of herself and is sour all the time, has an attitude wider than the ocean, and doesn't hesitate to lay somebody out for the slightest transgression is a throwback. Um, okay, I guess people who are depressed don't deserve to be loved. But also, like, yeah, okay, it's not bad advice to say maybe people who constantly start fights... It shouldn't be dated long term, but maybe also they should be penalized for starting fights. I don't know. Again, these are weird standards because I'm not I if I'm I don't know, like maybe you think of this differently, Naomi. I'm sure you can think of people. Let's be heteronormative for a second and be men specifically. Can you separate in your mind men who you find sexually attractive and men who you consider relationship material? Yeah. Right? Like, you walk past someone on the street and, like, he's cute. Not, yeah. like, I would want to have a relationship with them. Yeah. But in my mind, like, if you do that, you're not automatically making assumptions about, like, their character. You're probably like, oh, he's cute. I don't know anything about him. Yeah. And so I don't feel comfortable in a relationship. And yeah. I feel for men, it's the same. It's not like men have this long checklist of things. They're like, oh, she looks pretty. I like the way she smiled at me. Um, unfortunately, like... I don't know. It, it, this, I'm, I'm uh, traveling for work right now, and so I don't think this would work out. Or I'm never in this part of town. I don't think it would work out. Or I don't know. She probably has a boyfriend. It wouldn't work out. I don't think they're like, you know, I bet she's a whore on the dance floor. I bet she would make a erotic novelist blush. Yeah. I think it's the funniest because I was literally just at a club last night, and I would say that the vast majority of the women that I saw that were acting like quote unquote whores on the dance floor were with like a what looked like their boyfriend or their significant other. Yeah, I would say you would pro. We we need to discuss this in like an actual sex ed episode. But I, my assumption is you're probably going to have a wider variety of sexual experiences with a long-term partner than with somebody yeah. you've just met. Yeah. And so somebody who's very comfortable, like getting all gropey on the dance floor is probably someone in a long-term relationship, statistically speaking. I don't know. I don't go to a lot of clubs. I just know that, like, as a woman, if you go out to the club, it's like, okay, we're going to go stand in a corner with our group of friends. We're not looking for, like, a mate at a club. Like, Okay, so I'm making fun of Steve Harvey, but I do think he provides, and I, I mean this seriously, some decent advice for women trying to figure out if the guy they're dating is serious about them. Yeah. And, and let me know if you think this is bad advice, because from my perspective, most of this is okay. If his conversation with you is extremely superficial and never seems to graduate beyond the surface, he's sports fishing. If he genuinely seems interested in your needs, life, desires, and future, he's looking for a keeper. If he laughs off your requirements and standards, then he's sports fishing. If he seems willing to abide by your rules and actually follows through on them, he's looking for a keeper. 
Um, this one, if he takes your phone number and waits longer than 24 hours to call, he's sports fishing. If he calls you right away, showing he's genuinely interested in you, he's most likely looking for a keeper. I'm picturing, you know, that scene that happens sometimes when, like, a woman gets badgered by a man to give him her phone number. Yeah. And then he immediately pulls out his phone and calls her to make sure she'll yeah. give him a fake number. Yeah. Right? That would meet Steve Harvey's standard. Yeah. But somebody who was like, you know what? It was great talking to you and leaves and goes to sleep and then goes to work the next day and in the evening is like, I should call them. Yeah. Uh, that That's the person who uh, is considered the problem. I actually was thinking about that y- this yesterday because when I first met my current boyfriend, I Oof. was on what? <laughs> current. My current boyfriend. I know what you're saying. Yeah. I'm not trying to be offensive. I'm just saying I'm dating someone right mm-hmm. now. Um, I was on Bumble and like I like I have said before, I was looking for a friend, but this one guy was like texting me back really, really quickly and he was just being creepy. Mm-hmm. But then Len does the same thing. Like he texts back really quickly, but he just does it because he knows he'll forget like to text me back if he doesn't yeah. do it immediately. And so I was talking to him recently about the difference between like the creepy guy and him. I was like, I was actually interested in you and I wasn't interested in the other guy. And I don't know if he was actually creepy or if I just wasn't interested in him. Fair enough. If he takes you out on a date, lets you pay or only kicks in his portion of the bill, he's sports fishing. If he pays the bill, he's showing he's willing to provide for you, which means he's likely looking for a keeper. Um, I feel this goes back to our conversation, I think in part two about men being expected to pay for everything kind of gives them the impression that they're paying for sex it's yeah. like, hey, I did a favor for you. I've provided for you. Now you need to uphold your bargain, which is the cookie. Yeah, and if they don't, if the woman, even if the woman pays, it's kind of like expected like, oh, she's like independent and she like has too much masculine energy and I don't want to be a part of that. Yeah, I just feel it's sexist because uh, believe it or not, there's a lot of women who make more than men these days. Do you know that also a lot of people are in a lot of debt right now and a lot of people are oh. not in a good financial place right now. So, so if you're maybe, dating like, someone casually and are interested in them, maybe it still makes sense to split checks yeah. rather than immediately you know, buying them dinner? Yeah. Oh, okay, that's crazy. What a thought. What a thought. We should write a book. We should. Don't act like Steve Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> Don't act like Steve Harvey. Don't think like Steve Harvey. <laughs> If he tells you he's going to be somewhere at a certain time and he consistently shows up late without so much as a courtesy of a phone call, he's probably sports fishing. If he shows up when he's supposed to, he's looking for a keeper. Um, the one exception I'm thinking is like Los Angeles traffic. <laughs> <laughs> we have our bud RJ lives in LA. I'm sure he can talk to his inability to properly predict when he's going yeah. to be somewhere. If you've never met his friends, family, coworkers, or other people who are important to him, he's sports fishing. If he introduces you, he might be looking for a keeper. I think that's okay advice, but some people... Don't have a lot of friends. Some people are on weird terms with their family. It's not universal. That's exactly what I was thinking of. Yeah. If he cringes at the mere mention of children, he's sports fishing. If he's willing to meet your kids and show up with gifts and can relate to them in a way that makes them comfortable with him, he might consider you and your kids keepers. Okay. I do appreciate the fact that Steve Harvey does include women that have children in this book. And he's not like like kicking them out of the group of eligible women. Sure. And he brings them up constantly. Um, I, I, I think the problem is that might be an easy group to manipulate. Yeah. Like, again, he's saying, oh, he might, they might be keepers, but it's like, oh, all I have to do is, like, bring your kids some lollipops and, like, maybe, like, a Lego set, and I can do whatever I want with you. Uh, Again, it feels, like, very reciprocal, where it's like, if I'm nice to your kids, you owe me sex. Yeah. Because I've been a nice guy, and I deserve it, and if you want to keep me on the line, if you want me to stay in your life, you're going to have to continue being sex to me. But to the first part of being sex to you, but to the first part of this, it says, if he cringes away to the mere mention of children, what if he just doesn't want children? Yeah. Like, I don't don't think you, you, personally, would Mm -hmm. not cringe away from the thought of children, but, like, you don't want children i mean i gotta say a lot of babies are pretty cute yeah i kind of want to like rent a baby and just dress them up in halloween costumes <laughs> this is going to be a service in a few years when all the millennials don't have kids yeah. it's like yeah. i want to rent someone's baby take them trick-or-treating in like a ruth baby ginsburg costume or something ruth and then return baby them ginsburg. yeah you know what i'm saying the very thought of that is adorable <laughs> Ruth baby. Ginsburg. but i also don't want the long-term commitment of kids so yeah, yeah. i guess i'm just sports fishing if he does not have himself together financially, emotionally, and spiritually, he may be sports fishing. If he's capable of providing and protecting his potential family the way a real man should, he might be searching for a keeper. Do you know that not everyone has access to um, sustainable therapy? Oh, that, that's a good point. Uh, also, to your point 
a lot of people our age are not in a good financial state. I think emotionally makes sense, but yeah, again, but I to feel your like point, people our age are like breaking the cycle of like really toxic parents. So like they're currently in therapy or they're working on healing themselves. So like they're taking their time in order to like be in relationships or having kids, for instance. I do want to talk about this because I've seen three films this year, which a major theme, a major part of the film was parents are sometimes shitty. And I thought that was interesting. It, I, it, yeah. it's, it's a newer thing. A couple yeah. of years ago, you would not have expected to see that. Yeah. And we'll definitely talk about that further when we get to Silver Linings Playbook. Because I've I was literally about just about film. to say that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then if he lobbies for an open relationship and says he's cool with you seeing other people, then he's sports fishing. If he what wants if, your relationship to be exclusive and he agrees to date only you, he considers you a keeper. What if he's just polyamorous? I think that's a good point. For a lot of these, I think they're good advice, but they're also like non-exclusive where if you're a woman dating woman, women, that's probably applicable. There's a lot of subtext you have to like read through. Yeah. And like you have to like be like, okay, in this situation, like they're just too general. It's pretty general. He's trying to pretend these are deep universal truths, but it's like, hey, if he respects you and wants to spend time with you, he may care about you. Oh my God, Steve Harvey, what other wisdom did you get when you were up on the mountain communing with God? With your two, your two tablets that you were writing, and then you, you spoke down onto the people at the bottom of the mountain. You said, thou shall not covet a sports fish. <laughs> <laughs> there was a golden sports fish that he smashed. He's like, no false idols, only keepers. Okay, Naomi, I want you to go down to page 30 of this outline. Okay. Because we need to talk about what may be the last section that we talk about with Steve Harvey. Okay. I'll scroll through my, my copy of the book before we finish, but this is the big one that I wanted to hit upon. It's a section that I think is going to resonate with you, Naomi, because you may be a strong, independent, and lonely woman. <laughs> a world without women would go a little something like this. Men wouldn't wash or shave. We wouldn't work. Our wardrobe would be pretty simple. Sweats, t-shirts, and socks. Maybe some sneakers if we absolutely had to go outside. There'd be no need for dishes or vegetables or much food for that matter. A paper plate or two. Some cold cuts. Pizza and beer would do just fine. Speaking of which, a world without women would have, like, plumbers would be the highest paid industry. Just cleaning all the horrible clogs from the toilets. Furniture in the home would be kept to a minimum. We'd have a recliner, a fridge, a really big TV, and of course a remote. We'd need only two television channels, ESPN and ESPN2. I'm sorry, why did he consider a remote a piece of furniture? That's an interesting question. And we wouldn't need to go on vacation. We'd just go to Vegas. They got everything we need in Vegas. You can gamble there, smoke cigars, eat steak, play golf, and go to the strip club. Would it be a male strip club? Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was thinking this entire time you're reading this and I'm like, there's no gay men in this world? Like, There's no gay men in Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey's made some offensive comments about gay men before. Yes. And really, you wouldn't need that what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas slogan because men wouldn't go blabbing about what they did anyway. So there's this hot guy over in Vegas (laughs) doing this thing on the pole. When you say hot guy, what do you mean? Like, what's the opposite of guy? Why can't you just say there is this hot being, right? Like, what what are you saying? Is there another entity, like like another sex besides man look man i'm it's just i'm just telling you a story not an artistic <laughs> license whatever the case we men are no longer connecting with that special part of you that makes you a woman the thing that makes you so beautiful to us and that also happens to make us feel more like men as i've already explained the three ways a man shows you he loves you is by professing providing and protecting which means that if women have their own money their own car their own house a brings alarm system a <laughs> pistol and a guard dog and you're practically shouting from the rooftops you don't need a man to protect for you or provide for you we'll see no need to keep coming around what in the world do you need us for if you have have all of that. How much do you think he got paid to put in a Brinks alarm system? <laughs> That's a really good point, Naomi. I'm sure he's on Family Feud and he's like, what drink that tastes like Coca-Cola do you drink with your wife sometimes? And then it's like, my dingling. And everyone's like, you can't say that on TV. I've watched a lot of Family Feud. I know the message. Um, so the first thing is, Clearly, this is Steve Harvey's view of masculinity. I don't feel it's generalizable enough to the average man. Well, it's also like he's assuming that every single woman that's alone is, like, lonely. Well, 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 give me a second on that. The second thing is, 
again, this is deeply offensive to men. It's like we would never do anything unless there were women to impress. Yeah. And I feel that's fundamentally untrue because um, you can think of a lot of weird groups like Masonic cults or like the Catholic Church, which have accomplished a lot without women. I'm not saying good things. <laughs> I'm just saying they've accomplished stuff and they have goals independent of being sexually attracted and trying to impress people. Um, Does he know that there's men out there that actually like cleaning? Yeah, and men who like, like eating vegetables and not cold cuts and pizza. And, and they beer. actually uh, like I'll appreciate watching the news and like well, like know, like knowing what's going on in the world. So like to his point, he's like, "What in the world would women need us for if you have all of that?" And this goes back to his conversation from earlier, where he's like, "You need the sex man, you need the old man, you need the ugly <laughs> man, you need the gay man," and it's like. I don't know, personality, affection, humor, general demeanor, philosophical outlook, ability to share or teach new things. Like those are all things that are independent from like a man's ability to provide like financially or emotionally or spiritually. And I feel Steve Harvey may lack all of that if he can't consider those to be elements of a successful relationship. Call me crazy. No, he has the affection, but it's not romantic affection it's lusting it's like cookie monster going for that cookie yeah <laughs> that is steve harvey's relationship with women he counts the cookies and then he eats the cookies and he's like you owe Ew. me more cookies Ew. we've only had seven cookies this week we, we need should nine. have nine <laughs> now don't misunderstand what i'm saying here we don't mind if you have yourself totally together you can have your brinks alarm system the guard and the pistol you can have your own money you can own your own car but if the man who's pursuing your affection is never allowed by you to exhibit his ability to provide or protect then how can he possibly see himself professing his love to a woman who has not allowed him to feel like a man the things you've acquired and gained financially and educationally can never be bigger than the relationship with the man his dna will not allow for that yeah, I remember this in biology class. They're like, um, men have lots of body hair and an Adam's apple, and their DNA prevents them from recognizing women who have higher education degrees as worthy of love. I'm glad that we bought the same biology class, because I also learned that in biology class. I mean, we did go to a Catholic school. Without, yeah, with the Catholicism. Yeah, with the Catholicism. <laughs> No, so translation, Naomi. We appreciate it when women treat us like men, when you let us know you need us. The need to feel needed is way bigger to us than we've let on. We have to feel needed by you in order to fulfill our destiny as a man. I feel there's like a company called Need that sponsored the word need, and every time he uses it, they cut him a check. <laughs> of course, I've heard women say, I'm not going to belittle myself to make him feel more like a man. If he can't handle my money and my success, then he can't handle me. We understand it can handle strong women. In fact, we're the products of strong women. Oh, he's secretly a feminist. It's no secret you allow us men to believe we're the head of the household, but it's you who make all the key decisions in the house and the kids. It's no secret to us that no matter who's bringing in the most money, it's you who ultimately handles the finances and allocates how the cash is going to be spent. It's no secret that when we argue, we may act like we're right, but we know that ultimately if we want to restore the peace, you're going to get your way. But if you say things to this effect without keeping up the charade, sorry, charade, charade. Of, <laughs> of us being essential to the household, or if you handle our egos with anything less than great care, we're not going to want to be involved with you. In our minds, if you've got your own money, you don't need ours. If you know karate and can knock someone flat on his behind by yourself, you don't need our protection. And we can't exercise two of our main components that make up who we are as men, providing and protecting. We're not about to profess our love for you. We absolutely will not say, I'm your man, if you know karate and can knock people on the ass. We'll sleep with you, and then we'll walk away. Actually, I wouldn't do that if there was a woman who knew karate who could knock me on my ass. I'd want to stay in that relationship as long as possible to prevent my ass from being split in half with a karate chop. I'm just trying to imagine your ass being split in half. <laughs> it already kind of is. Yeah. Original sin. Eve was so mad at Adam. She, like, split his butt in half. <laughs> I, Why are we making so many <laughs> biblical jokes I don't today? know. It's a Catholic education. Uh, so, again, he's not saying women have to demean themselves. He's just saying they have to pretend like they're demeaning themselves. So, you know, that's a big difference. But then he, comes, he has a little story. Now, this is a story that I think make you understand the truth of what he's saying. This was made clear to me, Steve Harvey, 
One particular day when I heard about a friend of mine who was going grocery shopping, his woman was loading up the cart with everything she needed for the house, the meats, the vegetables, the fruits, the drinks, and everything. Of course, it was just a man shopping. It'd just be the meats. You don't need the rest of that shit. Unless the drinks are beer. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. And you're in Vegas. But then they turned down the aisle with pineapple juice. Now, one thing you need to know about my friend, he loves pineapple juice. Steak with pineapple juice. I can't tell you which is better to him. When they turned down the aisle, the first thing he put his hand on during that entire grocery store trip was a bottle of pineapple juice. He didn't think anything about it, just grabbed a bottle and dropped it in the cart. When she turned around and saw the pineapple juice in there on the pile of groceries, she snatched it out and said, What is this? (laughs) Pineapple juice, he said simply. And who put this pineapple juice in the basket, she asked. Well, I did, he said, a little confused. Who else in the world would have put a bottle of pineapple juice into the car? You, she practically spit, don't have any money. And then she did the unthinkable. She took that bottle of pineapple juice and dropped it on the floor. It hit the tile of the loudest crash and broke into what looked like a million little pieces of shiny glass and yellow liquid, all of it just inches from their feet. She glanced at it, then gave him the eye and pushed the grocery cart on, away from the mess and him. He walked out the store and waited for her. When she finally came out, he loaded the groceries in the car with tears into his eyes. He knew he didn't have any money, Naomi, but all he wanted was a damn bottle of pineapple juice. And in that singular act... In that one moment, his lady shoved into his face she didn't consider him to be a man. It was more important to her in that moment to prove what he already knew, that he wasn't filling his role as a provider. I'm not suggesting she didn't have the right to have a man who was pulling his weight, but if she knew him and men, she would have understood that making him feel less like a man wasn't going to get her what she wanted and needed and out of him. Her actions were only going to drive him away. Not long after, he left her. I'm imagining like the most mellow like interaction and Steve Harvey um, was told this secondhand and he just made this into the most dramatic situation ever. So like the actual situation was the woman was like, hey, like we just don't have enough money. Like we need to get formula or diapers or something like I'm sorry, maybe next time and just Mm -hmm. like push puts it back on the like the shelf. And and he was like that Lonely Island song. He's like and then she threw it on the. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad ain't a pineapple juice. <laughs> That's what she said. Um, so this is an abusive relationship. This is someone who's horrible to service workers. I agree with Naomi. The story probably didn't happen. And Steve Harvey had to come up with an example to illustrate his point. And the best example he can come up with is a lady who won't let her man get a thing of pineapple juice. But again, like, if the man isn't providing anything and the household has limited finances, Why maybe the woman make who him- has the money should make the decisions about how the grocery money is spent. And why does she need to make him feel like a man? Um, like, why is that her duty? But otherwise, he's going to leave her. Oh, she'll shit. Be alone. You're right. You're yeah. right. You're right. And no woman should be alone. Yeah. And, and to your point, Naomi there are strong and independent and lonely women because Steve Harvey doesn't believe that women can be alone and happy. They They need to have at least 10 children. Yeah. And they need to have a man in their life who professes and provides and protects her, right? She can't possibly be dating another woman. She can't possibly be dating multiple people. She can't possibly be by herself with a bunch of succulents or cat or something. She has to be involved with another man. And ladies, you keep losing the men like this. You know, eventually you're just going to be barren, and then God's not going to even love you. Wouldn't that be embarrassing? That's actually a true story. God won't love you. Yeah. One day, a man was like, I want pineapple juice. And the lady said no, and God, he smited her down right in the aisle. What is up with all these biblical (laughs) references? Fair point. So, Naomi, how do we go through this situation? Don't give up your money or your job or your education or the pride and dignity that comes with all that. Just be a lady. Oh, I can hear the collective teeth sucking. <laughs> it's as loud as a police siren, a helicopter war in Compton. I can see the universal arm folding and eyebrow raising as well. But you're getting hot and bothered by what I'm saying is going to change the fact that men, no matter what their financial situation, background, social status, or backstory, want their women to let them take care of them. And I say to you defiant ones, go ahead and act like this isn't important if you want to, but the women who accept it's okay to let the guy take the lead sometime are going to win. 
We know you're strong enough to move the television set, but you should let him do it. Say it's too heavy for you. That's a man's job. Yeah, you're right. There's nothing wrong with your arm, and you're perfectly capable of opening your own car door. But doggone it, when you're going somewhere with a man, let him treat you like a lady and open the car door for you. I'm picturing, like, a Tesla fire where, like, the lady's trying to get out. And the guy's like, no, 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 let me, let me wait. And she's like, that, that, the car's on fire. And he's like, let me open the door for you. He's like, just let me wait a minute. He like strolls around the car. Now, Naomi, if he doesn't automatically open said car door, stand by the damn thing and don't get in the vehicle until he realizes he needs to get his behind out of the driver's seat and come around and open the car door for you. That's his job. Naomi, it's in his DNA. We got Adam's apples. We got weird chest hair. We got testicles. We got the need to open car doors. That, that's all part of being a man. From our hunter-gatherer ancestors who held the cave door open for their ladies. The cave door. The cave door. The cave literally right. doesn't have doors. Like, that's his job, Naomi. <laughs> we get that. You've got plenty of money to pay for dinner. But sit there and let him pick up that check. Or like, <laughs> hand him your credit card and <laughs> let him pay. And then he'll pass it to you. But then you'll be like, can you make your name kind of look like my name when you sign it? I've been there. Okay. I've been there. Uh, unrelated, I went out to dinner with Lauren at a somewhat nice place the other evening. And I found it just a little bit sexist that the waitress, we're sitting on two sides of a table, like deliberately dropped the check next to me. And I was like, okay. And Lauren was like, no, 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 I got this. I got this. She had said this before the meal. And so I passed it over to her and she paid for it. And the waitress like picked it up without a word, but then dropped it next to me after she'd run the card. And I was like, oh, damn. Yeah, that's kind of messed up. So Naomi, here's how you want to be a girl on a date. This is how you get men to like, like respect you and stand by you and not leave you because you threw out their pineapple My juice. ears are open. Don't tell him where you'd like to go. Tell him the kind of food and atmosphere you enjoy. And let him figure out a place he thinks will suit your taste. Um, I like uh, Mongolian skewers. <laughs> and the atmosphere is kind of like um, Egyptian pharaoh's tomb. How would you describe the atmosphere of Benihana? <laughs> <laughs> Fair question. Um I feel women can sometimes be like, hey, I want to go to X restaurant because I like X restaurant. I want to go to In-N-Out. <laughs> or, or alternatively, that'd be so funny. It's like, um, I enjoy hamburgers and quick access food and like plastic seats you can sit down at. McDonald's. Um, like like McDonald's, but more like like upscale. Classy. Five, five guys uh, with like Bible verses on the bottom. Um, Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Don't tell him you'll drive. Let him get you to where you all need to go. There are a lot of men who don't know how to drive cars. I don't... She call me crazy. Don't tell him you want to go Dutch. Let him pay. Don't invite him up for a nightcap. Kiss him goodnight and let him figure out what he needs to do in order to earn the cookie. What if you're horny? (laughs) No. Women aren't horny. How dare you perpetuate (laughs) these myths in this house. Now, here's how to be a girl around the house, Naomi. You're living with your guy, or maybe, like, he knows where you live, and he wants to help out. So don't try to fix the sink, the car, the toilet, or anything else. Just let him do it. I'm picturing, like, your house is filled with a gallon, like, like a foot of standing water, and he's like, <laughs> I'll be over in 15 minutes. Um, and then he comes over, like, six hours later. He's like, sorry, got some beers with my guys in Vegas. Uh, that's all I do when you're not around. Don't take out the garbage, paint, or mow the lawn. That's his job. Don't do any of the heavy lifting. He was born with the muscle it takes to move sofas, television sets, bookshelves, and the like. Don't be afraid to make a meal or two. The kitchen is both your and his friend. And don't wear a t-shirt to bed every night. A little lingerie never hurt anybody. Do you know how hard it is to wear lingerie to bed? There's like an underwire, and then you have to it like always pinches sleep with me. it. And it's just like... Mm-hmm. And, you know, I won't go into detail. Um, So, again, we talked about this in part two, but he really undersells how much work women do around the house. And he's like, men want to provide. But the things he talks about are, like, the least time-intensive parts of, like, running a house. I think he doesn't think about these things because he just has a maid and he's had a maid for so long. but he's also on the road for, like, full time. He's like, I'm on the road 30, 40 weeks a year. I think he said that in the first part. Jesus. But, but again, it's... It's mopping, it's sweeping, it's cleaning the fridge, it's, you know, vacuuming, it's uh, cleaning sheets, cleaning clothes around the house. Cleaning the toilet. It's cleaning the toilet, it's, you know, scrubbing your shower and your bathroom. 
Um, it's, you know, little things like organizing your cupboard every so often and running the dishwasher and doing the dishes in the sink. And none of this he considers important enough for men to contribute to. And I'd argue that if men do indeed have this deep down ingrained notion of like wanting to provide for their woman, there wouldn't be anything disrespectful or like demeaning if they were to do those things. To me, it's like, oh, my lady is doing work. What if I were to relieve the burden she is working on right now and help her out with whatever task she's doing, right? Not, hey, when the, ma- when the lawn gets really overgrown in three weeks, I'll mow it for you, right? You, you see what I'm saying? I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down. You're picking up what I'm putting down. Yeah, Steve Harvey is an old sexist who doesn't understand how to date people. He understands how to, like, pick up women who are attracted to his thick, wiry mustache, and that, that's all That's all he'll ever be good for. I'm going to say it again. Don't act like Steve Harvey. Don't think like Steve Harvey. Don't act like Steve Harvey. Think like anybody who isn't Steve Harvey. Perfect. Yeah, it doesn't roll off the tongue. Poetry. We could Poetry. get 60 weeks on the New York Times bestseller list. Yeah. Ah, so Naomi, that is, I think, the main content from Act Like a Lady, Think Like a Man. I would argue it's an enjoyable read simply to be like, what the fuck? What the (laughs) fuck? What the fuck? I mean, he has a section we didn't get to called How to Get the Ring, which is the ultimate commitment and aspiration for women. Um, I know ladies want nothing more than a ring on their finger. It's not the degree. It's not their success at work. It's not their multiple children. They're talking about the pinky ring, right? Uh, They're talking about the, the sex ring. The sex ring. Yeah. The sex ring. Yeah, it goes around the clitoris. Yeah. Um, and then he has a great section called um, w- w- Quick Answers to the Questions You've Always Wanted to Ask, which is enjoyable. There's one, he's like, what do, what do men find sexy? How do men feel about plastic surgery? Do men prefer skinny or thick women? Will you date or marry a woman who smokes? Would a man date a dumb woman? Does he answer all these questions from his perspective? Yes. Oh, okay. What do men think of women who buy men drinks? How do men feel about women who drink? Should a woman buy a man gifts while they're dating? Uh, the answer to that is only if you're in a committed relationship. I don't know a single man at a club that will not put out to a woman that buys him a drink. Those bitches are so expensive. Does it matter if a woman likes sports? How do men really feel about <laughs> women drivers? Women drivers? <laughs> This book was written in like 1940. <laughs> Steve Harvey like started drafting this when he was a 12 year old. Like Wait, little so, baby Steve Harvey with a thick mustache. So you could have kids, but you can't drive them anywhere. No, 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 no. He's saying this is the 21st century. So most men don't have a problem. But the fact he even thinks this is an <laughs> issue is concerning. <laughs> um, why don't men like to cuddle after sex? Because we're hot. We're exhausted. We put in a lot of work. (laughs) How do you let a man know he's not satisfying you sexually? What if we want more sex and we're not getting it? How do men feel about open relationships? How do you feel about a woman who doesn't want your last name after marriage? Now, Naomi, most men do have a problem with that. Think about the three things I told you about the way a man shows his love. He protects, provides, and professes. And if we can't say this is Mrs. Harvey, then you're taking away the very core of how we show our love. Naomi, it's in our DNA. Naomi, it's in her DNA with Adam's apples. With Adam's apples. <laughs> um, unrelated, but I was reading something earlier which was discussing the origins of like last names, and there's speculation that the whole reason last names emerged in human society was for tax collection. It was literally like, oh, you're Joel, son of Guy, or in the family of Guy. And so they'd be able to track down, you know, different parts of your family that and tracks. see if the different people like yeah. paid their share. Yeah. Um, it's not a comprehensive theory, but it also makes a lot more sense. And it's like, oh, all of human society and all of our naming conventions are based off of like economic stuff. That's kind of weird. That's kind of funky. So, um, yeah, if a woman doesn't want your last name, she is committing tax fraud is what I'm saying, which is bad. That also tracks. Yeah. Um, what about girlfriends? How do you feel about them? How do men feel about gossip? Will men talk about their women to other men? Is getting on his mom's side important? If he doesn't like your family, will he stay with you? How do you feel about the baby daddy? Is it okay to interrupt his day at work to talk? Do men secretly evaluate whether you'll be a good mother, homemaker, and so on? Will men go to counseling? 
uh, to answer that is we're only interested in if we're going to save our ass. If we think we're going to lose you and counseling will keep us together, we'll go. But if it won't save our ass, we can't see any good reason why we should sit on a couch and talk to a person getting judged for every move we've ever made. Steve Harvey's insecure. Steve Harvey does not have as good of a grasp on the world and dating as he thinks he does. And it's deeply concerning that he has as much clout as he does to convince people that this is the way things operate. I love how even when he was admitting that he didn't want to go to like that, it just depends on the situation that he was admitting that men think of relationships as sports because they need to be winning at all times. Oh my God. So like he needs to be like, he's like, oh, well, a man will only go to therapy if he thinks that what he's doing is correct, but you don't think that it's good. You know the sports salons that are like, like you can get a haircut and talk about football. It's like therapy, but the therapist like passes you the emotion football and is like, hey, do you want to get in the emotion end zone? Do you want to score like 10 points for your emotion team? No, but then he sleeps with the therapist. I mean, that's that's a possibility. Man, men wouldn't go to therapy if there were only men in the world. They'd sit at home on their, their Burka loungers with their Brinks arm security, <laughs> drinking their Michelob Ultra beer, watching ESPN and ESPN2. They'd have two TVs, one with ESPN and one in ESPN2. Yeah. They'd be right next to each other. Yeah. What a dim view of humanity by an old man whose time has passed. <sighs> The future is now, bud. The future is now. Okay, Naomi, we've, I think, wrapped up Steve Harvey. I don't really want we've to keep talking about exhausted him. We've exhausted Steve My question Harvey. for you is, based off of our conversation regarding writing a book, do you think we can do a better job than this asshole? Yes, we already came out with a, a working title. Yeah, don't be Steve Harvey. Don't be, be a Steve strong, Harvey, independent don't woman. That, yeah. Loneliness is okay. I think that's a little long. We'll work on it. We'll, we'll workshop, workshop it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, anything else before we close out? Um, have a great week, guys. Cool mustache, though. No. Thanks for the use of our theme music, which is the song Drop by Ketza. You can find more of their music online at ketza.uk. You can also find Date These Guys online on Twitter and Instagram at DateTheseGuys or visit DateTheseGuys.org. If you have questions for the podcast or want to be a wealthy sugar parent, send an email to DateTheseGuys at gmail.com. If you're looking to make an impact in the world, this show strongly recommends Planned Parenthood, a nonprofit organization that provides reproductive health care in the United States. Planned Parenthood provides birth control, long-acting reversible contraceptive implants, clinical breast examinations, pregnancy screenings, prenatal care, testing and treatment for sexually transmitted infections, and abortions. They also do great work for those who are lower income. Four-fifths of their clients are at or below 50% of the federal poverty line. Both Joel and Naomi are monthly donors to Planned Parenthood. We hope you will be too.